0: podcasting from the crw studio this is the two drink minimum with your hosts henny and patrone
1: Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Pachona. With me, as always, is Kevin Hannigan. Tonight, it's week seven, and we do not get to catch our breath after that banger of a weekend last week. The Ducks travel to Seattle for a battle with the Huskies in their last meeting before they leave for the Big Ten. The classic USC-Notre Dame game takes place in Indiana this year in what will certainly be USC's toughest test to date. The refuse to kneel Hurricanes head to UNC in a game that probably not them out with a loss and Wisconsin travels to Iowa in the race to get thrashed by the Big Ten East championship and by the Big Ten East <laughs> in the championship game plus conference classes in the SEC big 12 pack 12 throughout the weekend it's a full 12 pack episode next <laughs> on the two drink minimum Kevin I thought you'd be above a uh, cheap shot
0: it you and crystal ball
1: <laughs> you know i'm not above cheap shotting it's low-hanging <laughs> fruit I'm, so. not, I'm not above ever cheap shouting somebody um kevin uh, i'm gonna let you pour these beers i just want to give a quick word from our sponsor game changer goods are you tired of of lugging around that heavy folding table looking for a spot to set down your drink or bending over to get your taco dip during your tailgating adventures or beach outings listen up because our friends at game changer goods have something that's well a game changer introducing the Clark bar a portable wood table that's designed to make your life easier and more fun whether you're chilling at the beach enjoying a tailgate party or just lounging in your backyard the Clark bar has you covered it's not just any table it's your go-to solution for all your height needs it at the beach to keep your book and drink out of the sand done how about your chair height f- uh, by the fire you got it cocktail height yep it does that too the best part is these tables which i have and love are homemade with care ensuring top notch quality and last and they last and the tabletops can be fully customized with your favorite sports team phrase Logo, design, band design, anything you want. You can design it yourself if you want. So no matter where your adventures take you, Game Changer Goods Clark Bar will be your trusty sidekick. Say goodbye to large, unwieldy tables and hello to more enjoyable, stress-free outings. Visit GameChangerGoods.com today and grab your own Clark Bar. It's time to elevate your game day experience.
0: So you don't need a band. You just
1: could have a logo. You could have, a, you could have, say you have a band. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. well, you could have a band's logo on it,
0: right? Or I mean, you could have my. I could say I'm in a band and just have my table with the logo on it. Yes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah.
1: I yeah. got. I mean, I got mine. It's it's uh, it's it, it's the wooden table with the circular Clark bar, and then I just had him do the steal your face lightning bolt right down the middle of it. It looks pretty sick. It's it's pretty great. It's got like a darker wood within the lightning bolt. It's 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 uh it's nice. Kevin lot to talk about tonight a lot to go over with another just banger of a week of college football this week but first before we do any of that we have to get to our ice cold openers with dave g and i'm about to pull up what we got here from good old dave g dave g the three and he gives us he says scroll down (laughs) scroll down for it according to a recent study about 5 to 7% of Americans say no thanks to underpants. Based on these statistics, one of the coaches ranked in the top 20 is standing on the sidelines without undies. Which one is it?
0: In the in the current top 20. <laughs> Great question.
1: <laughs> Great question. Okay, 5 to 7% of Americans say no to undies, right? So that means that one coach in the top 20 is not wearing undies on the sideline. Who is it? Give me, give me the top. Give me the I mean, top. Harbaugh 20. loves his khakis. Yeah, he's wearing tidy whities There's no doubt. How he's much wearing. does he love
0: the feel of his khakis? So,
1: <laughs> no way, no way, no way is Harbaugh a guy going sans underpants. No way. It's it's more like a Hollywood guy. I'm gonna go Lincoln Riley with his it's a, with his it's
0: a Hollywood, uh,
1: Hollywood guy? Lincoln Riley going yeah, sans underpants. That 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 could be. That could be that could be my guy right there. I got I got to look at the top twenty. Who else is in it's the top twenty? I mean, Mac Brown's wearing. <laughs> He's wearing Depends. Yeah. If you were, that's true. If you're wearing Depends, do those count as undies or or? What, yeah, where, I where, guess where, that's. Where do you go with that?
0: I, I, college football coaches just don't come across to me as guys that would probably. <laughs>
1: well, statistics show
0: that one just, of them. I, 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 yeah, that's what we're talking about there. I, I think Lincoln Riley is a really good. Right Although Dan thing. Lanning
1: seems like kind of a wild man too a little bit. Oh, Dan Lanning. Yeah. That, that could that that's that's not a bad call. I mean if Mike Leach were were here and had a team in the top 20, uh, there's no way that man wears underwear. The no Pirates don't wear underwear. He's out there and yeah, he's loving he, every he, minute of he, it. He's, he's out there and I'm loving it, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, who, so I'll take Dan Lanning. Who, you're taking Lincoln Riley yeah, here. Ryan Day is wearing underwear way too tight. He's not only wearing underwear; it's like two sizes too small. That that guy is all full of you know what and vinegar. Well, at I didn't all know it times.
0: I didn't know much about his personality until the Lou Holtz thing, though. He wasn't really on my radar, mm. coaching personality wise. But when he did come on the radar, it was shocking. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I was like, I did not see that coming. He I threw just...
1: himself on your radar by catapult, by, yes. by fire yeah. catapult.
0: I don't watch a lot of Ryan Day pressers. I don't know, like, <laughs> interviews with him. I don't see a lot, but that, that was interesting.
1: All right, I'm going Lincoln Riley. You're going Dan Lanning. Yes. Okay, all right. Um, Kevin, week seven is, is, is chock full. Um, you know, just a couple of the games to to think about here as, as, as we want to go through these games. Oregon at Washington is obviously the big one, USC at Notre Dame, Miami at UNC, Iowa, Wisconsin. But then you've got this sort of cornucopia of, of big, huge, interconference matchups that are gonna determine, at this point, you get to the knockout stage, right? So a uh, and and Tennessee are gonna play. That's a knockout game, you know what I mean? Tennessee's already got one loss, a&M's already got. a um, and has just the one conference loss, right? Yeah, that was their the, first
0: conference loss to Alabama. Yeah,
1: they, because the other, loss, the other loss is to Miami. So this is a knockout game for them. Uh, UCLA, Oregon State, each one of those teams are going to try to hang on to their chances. Alabama is going to play Arkansas. Arkansas is a team that seems to play everybody tough but beat nobody. You know, they are 2 and 14 but they're dangerous and Alabama can't afford to slip up. Louisville's going to play Pitt. Louisville's going to go to Pitt. Pitt's had a horrible season but Louisville, you know, Bears discussing just because of what they have just accomplished in that Notre Dame game, and what the rest of their conference schedule looks like, and then of course you got games like Auburn, LSU, where LSU just doesn't play boring games. So, um, you know, where where do you want to start? I'm, I, I'll let you I'll let you take the lead on, on which one of those games you want to start
0: with. Well, you just brought up the A and M Tennessee game, and so uh, let's start right there. It's even, I don't even look at it as a knockout game I want to see what these teams have Texas A&M for a majority of that game against Alabama I, I liked what I saw from Texas A&M. I, I think highly of that team. Much higher than I thought about Tennessee coming into the season If you go back to the Florida game I was down on Tennessee there and it turned like. When I look at this game here I see Texas A&M bringing some of the same problems that Florida did and going to give Tennessee some issues here in this game and I'm interested with how do, you, how do you respond after you lose a game to Alabama when you had a chance to put them down, end their season, you didn't do it. Alabama comes out of this past weekend as now they're back in the mix. Everybody, they're a dark horse to get into the playoff. I, I don't know how Alabama can ever be a dark horse, but they are back in the conversation. You could have put them out last week and you didn't. Can you get people fired up to come back this week? And Nia Smith was... Talking a big game this week about how they're going to come out with vengeance, and I loved what I heard from him. Tennessee had one bad real experience this year when we were paying attention to them. They've fallen off my radar for the last few weeks. So now, where are you at, Tennessee? As you've come back here, a couple nice wins. With an A&M team, emotional loss. These two teams are, it's going to be a tight game. I don't see either team being able to run away from this. It's going to be one that we're watching start to finish on Saturday.
1: No, and, and I agree with you. I think this game's going to be tight as well. And, and you know, what what I think is amazing for Texas A&M is to have a guy like Max Johnson in your back pocket. I mean, how many teams lose their starting quarterback and have an offense that goes up against an Alabama team that has made teams look horrible? Horrible. I mean, that Alabama team made Ole Miss look horrible on offense and Texas A&M looked anything but, you know, so when you see what a guy uh, like Max Johnson can do when he comes in and takes over for Colin Wegman, that was impressive to me. And this team is not dead in the water because their starting quarterback is hurt. You know, I'm not going to go so far as to say, oh, you know, hey, their starting quarterback gets hurt, you put in Max Johnson, and they're definitely better. But I don't know if there's that huge of a drop-off. You know, you look at completion completion percentages of those two guys pretty consistently within that 60s range. They both actually have – when Wegman has one more touchdown, same amount of interceptions, two, and Johnson has seven touchdowns and two interceptions, and he's played, he's thrown the ball forty less times than than uh, than Wegman. So you know, Max Johnson brings a guy who has won a lot of SEC games to the table, and and that's where you can start with this team. And that's where you start with a lot of teams is the quarterback play, and Texas A&M does not lose out because Wegman's out.
0: And their skill position guys are phenomenal. Right. Like running backs, wide receivers, they're going to put themselves up with almost any team in this country. So with having a quarterback that has some experience, that has been around the system a little bit, maybe the maybe it's not your 1A quarterback, but having this kid start, it's not going to be an issue. I look at the quarterback on the other side of Tennessee. They saw a better version of this quarterback last week against Alabama. So Texas A&M is now playing – A team that's not as good as Alabama to me, not even close, Mm -hmm. and a quarterback that's not as good as the one they saw last week,
1: and a defense in Tennessee who's actually been carrying Tennessee. When you look at their games and the way their games have gone, the defense has been carrying Tennessee. But are you confident that that Tennessee defense is better than Alabama's defense? I mean, I no Alabama's defense is.
0: I don't see that.
1: Even though Tennessee's played well, I mean you can't. There's that's no knock on Tennessee's defense. But I mean, they got absolutely, you know, thrashed by uh, by that Florida running attack. And then you got you got the guys that you mentioned coming in. You know, you've got uh, Le'Veon Moss and Amari Daniels coming in. Not to mention those dudes at the edges with Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith, who you just mentioned. So I mean, that the skill position players are there. Texas A and M's defense um, has. Didn't
0: Alabama run for like fifty yards? Wasn't it fifty four yards that Alabama rushed for in that game? So you're gonna shut down Tennessee's rushing attack. Milton's gonna have to put it in the air. You're you don't the McCoy kid is out, so you're down that kid at wide receiver. So you don't you're missing one of your key pieces. I'm all in on A and M in this game. What is the line here? It's three and a half. Tennessee and M in points.
1: Tennessee is favored by three and a half. So A and M did I get that right?
0: Yeah, you got yeah, that right. Tennessee's
1: favored by three and a half. So, uh, you know, I've got, a, give me A&M in the points, and I, I maybe take A&M straight up. I know it's in Nalen Stadium, but this Texas A&M Stadium, uh, pl- a team is fighting for their lives, and Tennessee just looks like a team that's still trying to fight for for their identity, find their identity, and I don't think they have it. They lost too much from last year for this to just be a pure reboot for that team. So I I think this is a game in which A&M takes it. You know, I don't know where Fisher is with his job, his stability, but A&M takes this game, uh, and I I don't even need the three-and-a-half points. I think A&M wins it outright.
0: I'll take the three-and-a-half if you're going to give me the three-and-a-half points in this game. There's too much talent on the Texas A&M team for me to ignore that in this game. You don't let Jalen Wright get going. That's what Florida made sure. You shut that kid down, put Force Milton to throw the ball. he um, be okay.
1: So as we talk about quarterback play, let's, let's stay in the SEC and let's talk more about quarterback play in the SEC. Uh, when we look at that LSU-Auburn game, and I think you have to talk about the LSU-Auburn game because even though LSU has lost some games, Auburn's lost some games, maybe Auburn's not at that pinnacle, LSU's favored by 11. This is one of those classic games where, you have the unstoppable, you know, uh, unstoppable force versus the unmovable object. You know what I mean? And those games can always get dicey and can always get interesting. Daniels is a guy who, if LSU wins, you know, two of those games that they they lose – Wait, they have three losses or two losses right now. LSU, does LSU have three losses right now? No, they're four. If them. they lo- okay, if they lose, if they win one of the two games that they lose, they, uh, they are sitting there with Daniels as definitely that upper echelon Heisman guy. He should be a, an upper echelon Heisman guy, anyways. You freeze said but it, that this week. But it becomes like a team kind of thing, and if they yeah. if they're not in the national championship conversation, but this is the guy that leads the SEC in passing yards per game with 328, touchdown pass. With 19 passer rating, with almost 200 and rushing yards per game by a quarterback with 70, so this is a kid who is playing at an ultra, ultra, ultra high level. And then you have him going up against the Auburn defense, which is only giving up five yards a play, you know, which is good for fifth in the SEC. So this is going to be a tough test for that LSU offense. But I, you know, as bad as LSU's defense has been. I just don't see the uh, the Auburn offense being good enough to make any hay against them.
0: No, the LSU pass defense is ranked 121st in the country. Do you I know what the Auburn's a, pass offense is? I don't even think they have a quarterback. Do they? It's 121st. Have quarterback? Yeah, Peyton Thorne. So you have they're both 121st. So that matchup right there to take advantage of LSU, you go at them through the air. Auburn's not going to be able to do that. What? When last time we saw Auburn, they battled with Georgia. When I was watching Auburn play. They were right there in the fourth quarter with a Georgia team now after that Kentucky game. We're like, yeah, they're, they're legit. This is a team good enough to win the national championship and yep. compete with anybody. And so Auburn was able to match up with this Georgia team. So that is something we do need to pay attention to here. A lot of respect for the LSU offense. Auburn's not going to be able to hold them down the whole game like they did Georgia. The LSU offense is better than the Georgia offense.
1: Right, but the LSU defense is 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 despicable. They I don't mean, have
0: to be great against the pass this week though. For
1: an 11-point spread though. I mean, I they're favored by 11. Yes. I don't like I don't like I'm 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 good with picking LSU, but I don't love laying uh, 11 points uh for LSU against anybody. I mean, LSU just they they don't play bad games. They don't play boring games. All their games are fun to watch because all their games are close because they just have that type of team. A defense that can't stop anybody, and an offense that's hard to stop. So I I think Auburn does just enough to to cover that 11-point spread, but I think LSU wins pretty comfortably.
0: The reason why LSU wins this game, they are putting up points in this game. They are trying to impress the number one player in the class of 2025 will be there this weekend. So Bryce Underwood, number one player in the country, 2025, is visiting LSU this weekend. So they need to put on a show for this kid. He's from Michigan. Michigan is the favorite right now for this quarterback. But LSU is second. He's coming down. You pound Auburn, you get a chance to pull away from them. That's going to be the focus here. The coaches are going to be thinking about that. The quarterback, offensive coordinator, coach, all those guys are looking to impress him. That plays into things here. LSU wins this game by a couple of touchdowns.
1: This is, it, is not going to stay tight. Does it make me juvenile to just snicker at Underwood and then think think of DG3's question? I mean, that kid definitely plays quarterback sans underpants.
0: Oh, he could have done it by name, yeah. <laughs> Whose name lets us thing? Yeah, I didn't even think that could be. Yeah.
1: Underwood's there. I'm not wearing underpants, and I'm watching this game. That's but how this is going.
0: LSU's going for style points because you got Bryce Underwood in the house. That's a name we'll be talking about in two years. LSU by 17 to 20 in this one.
1: Kevin, I know you are are a guy that loves the U. I know you're a U guy. That was an absolute debacle last week. We, we'd be remiss. Do you see the OC just came out and took the blame for it? He said, I mean, if you're the head coach, you can't even let the OC take the blame for it. You're the head I assume the, the
0: debacle you mean is that the kid was down, the running back is down, and they don't call him down. And they say it was a fumble? Is this a debacle from
1: the game you're talking about? He he was on top of somebody. He's he's, down. The ball was jostling Here's my problem. Let me just,
0: a a quick aside here, counselor. Let let me just, here's my problem. They let fumbles play out. They play it to replay. That's Mm -hmm. what they do. Mm -hmm. So you let a fumble play out. But then when we go to replay, we say it has to be indisputable evidence to overturn the call. A fumble that we are going to let play out should not fall under the umbrella of that, uh, that ruling. That decision-making process of indisputable evidence should not apply to a fumble that we let play out. When you go to replay, what happened on the field, what was called on the field should be irrelevant when we're looking at a fumble. So you should it's, not it's be not, able to say the call on not, the field.
1: We're not trying to overturn something. We're actually trying to initially discern what happened. Right. Because the only reason it was called that way on the field is because we're supposed to call that on the field. Yes, like they,
0: the phrasing is they officiate to replay in that situation. So yes, crystal ball, should we have taken a knee and got a win? Yes. yes. Okay. but. Just an issue I have with that one rule that should be looked at and should be changed because in that situation, what the ACC said today, Al Riveron said today, it needed to be indisputable evidence. We didn't see a single shot that gave us that. That shouldn't be what it is because we let them officiate to replay in that situation. It's a flawed system.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I totally agree with you there because it it happens all the time where they go, all right, let it play out. If he scoops and scores, we got to take a look at it afterwards. We don't want to blow the whistle and not see who would have recovered right. it. So we, let we don't get immediate
0: recovery chaos so, happening. I, yes. I'm good.
1: I'm, I'm good with that rule change. I'm good with that rule change that when you let it play out for the sole reason of that fumble or that was that a backwards pass or was that a, a, a you know, an incomplete pass or a fumble, when you let those play out because you're letting the subsequent play play out, then the initial, Replay should be an initial discernment rather than a hey. Let's figure out. It's we need indisputable evidence to turn over the call on the field that was only made as the call on the field as a default. Correct. Right.
0: We let them play it out. No call was made on okay. the field. Okay.
1: I, I. So I, I, let's let's get that rule. Let's through. Let's make that the storyline coming out of that game. Let's get that rule through. You Whatever what, else happened, we can ignore. You know what is a storyline on on this game too that that just kind of sucks and and I wish. Miami would have just won that as fun as that was to watch with the Georgia Tech game last Saturday I was over here you know yeah. it was late and we it was it was Keys fun. was fired it up was after fun that game. it was fun keys was all fired <laughs> up that drive I mean that that 74 yards and 25 second drive was I amazing I it mean was. That, that was that was pretty fun to watch I wish Miami had won that game because it sort of Miami's gaffe there sort of underscores what is a, a very marquee matchup here I mean this 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 game between UNC and Miami is a matchup of two quarterbacks playing at a very high level two teams that are just really putting forward uh offenses and um, and, and and really you know to a certain extent, Average defenses, not liability defenses, but are putting point, putting forth offenses that are just killing it. And you you would you would look at this game and just be like, this is gonna be fireworks. You look at Drake May versus Tyler Van Dyke and say, this is gonna be fireworks. You look at these two top 30 in the country passing offenses to you know top 10 in the country yards per game offenses and you have circled this game as one of the marquee games on the calendar this week and it sort of gets taken down a notch because of miami's gave and that and that kind of stinks because this game should be getting more press i think it's going to be super fun to watch it's going to be a really really fun game to watch
0: Miami will be forgiven for what happened at the end of that game with a win over North Carolina. If Miami is they continue down the path this season, if they win every game that is in front of them, they will be forgiven for what happened. It was the coach's mistake. And I do believe when like CFP and all those people get together, you over the next couple of weeks beat North Carolina and Clemson. You are back, just the way people are talking about Alabama still being in the mix. You, they made a mistake. You're allowed just a couple. You burned one, which yes. sucks because you didn't have to burn one there. And you burned it against Georgia
1: Tech, which should have been a just. And but the, the game was won.
0: You had a win, and you had to burn one of the one rule one win every game. You had that locked up, so that sucks for them that that's how that played out. But I'm with you. The undefeated would have been cool. That would have been really attractive. The two undefeated teams here, both top fifteen mm-hmm. right now. Miami's playing the run really well. Yep. So if you can I'm trying to convince myself here okay Miami do you feel heartbroken after what happened last week?
1: Well Miami's playing the run really well and that's one thing that UNC doesn't do super well on offense. You know, so they can make UNC one dimensional.
0: I mean that's what I'm thinking if you can Miami's key is going to be to force turnovers. So Drake May had a couple of interceptions against South Carolina, a couple more against Minnesota. The key for Miami here is going to be force turnovers. That ball gets in the air. Can you intercept him? If they cannot force turnovers, if we are not making interceptions from your your very talented safeties that didn't show up those last couple of plays. Again, after those after the non-Neil and the fumble, yeah. you still had your stud NFL guys in the secondary that let somebody get behind them, but with, those,
1: with no time left on the clock, one second left on the clock, you there is inexcusable that you allow a 44-yard touchdown with one second left on the clock where it wasn't even a tip drill like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. That dude actually got behind the defense and was pretty open at that point, and that that was inexcusable. And Miami's bounce back from that game is what I'm interested to see. Um, I, I think North Carolina is a team that, as, as much as they haven't looked like um, the team to beat in the ACC, you know that, that they, they didn't look, um, they haven't looked incredible or complete all season long. They have some pieces in the right they places. They Saturday. They have some pieces in the right places. They just walloped Syracuse yeah, we this them past the orange. They they, they walloped Syracuse this past weekend in a game that that was what you expected Drake May to look like. I mean, he had four or five balls last week against the Orange where I don't know that there's two, three guys in all of college football that can make the throws that he made. I mean, just dropping, dropping dimes, dropping it right in the bucket, and and that's the stuff that he's capable of. They get, they get the, uh, they get the wide receiver back. Who office not even suspension? He just they just didn't let him play, you know, and, and and so that makes their roster a little bit deeper. That makes their wide receiver room a little bit deeper. I think North Carolina is playing at a high level right now, and it's and it, they're only gonna build on last week's game against Syracuse, and I I've got them winning this game. The three and a half is not super comfortable, but I'll take him to win and cover um, because I think Drake May is really starting to find his stride. And remember, he had a new offensive coordinator. Uh, You know that new offensive coordinator needed to take some time to know what he's got. And hey, by the way, you have you know the second round pick, the second pick in the draft, the second quarterback off the board sitting on the field you got to utilize them and they've been doing that more lately and the more they do it the better their team's going to look
0: I don't like Miami in these big games lately I have a hard time picking them because once again with the heart they're going to bounce back in this game that's where my heart goes here with the U-Den I want to see Kitchens, you need to get us the ball back. But Vegas,
1: too. I mean, Vegas, too, sees that. It's only a three-and-a-half-point spread and it's at UNC. Right. At UNC. So when you talk about three points for being at home, this is basically a pick game in Vegas' eyes.
0: Miami rights the wrongs of last week. Miami takes down North Carolina because the ACC is getting a little nervous right now. Your three, un- You have Florida State, North Carolina, and Louisville. Don't play each other. So you can end the season with three undefeated teams in the ACC. Miami does everyone a favor, knocks out one of them this week. They force a couple of turnovers. This team, we need to remember, they beat Texas A&M. They they got turnovers, timely turnovers, a great kick return. They beat Texas A&M. Similar blueprint Saturday. Force a couple of interceptions with those safeties. Get the ball to TVD. This is a game that they can win. They're not going to win the way they did at A&M, but you, if you can beat Texas A&M, you are good enough to go to North Carolina carrying three and a half points with you and come out of there with a win.
1: I've got to go with my boy DZ on this. You know, I wish he was still podcasting with us. That was such a fun season when he was here podcasting with us. Um... I, I gotta go with his theory that you know, expecting turnovers is not a blueprint. it just you need to be a good enough team We're gonna create to win em. without turnovers. And turnovers are sort of a, a they're a, they're they're kind of a, they're they're not a random thing, but it, it's not something that you can count on every week. And it's certainly not something you can count on Drake May to make. You know umpteen mistakes against you in 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 a big game like this at home when he's really starting to hit his stride so i i hear you but i i I just don't see it i don't see it um a team you just brought up is a team worth talking about it's we have it on the list it's not a marquee matchup it's maybe not a game that anybody's you know that that a lot of people are going to you know, check in on for for hours at a time. But Louisville Bears watching, and Louisville Bears watching for this reason and this reason alone. They're going to go to Pitt where they're favored by eight this week, right? That win against Notre Dame last week legitimizes their undefeated record, maybe to the point that that's the only legitimization that they need because they're not going to play really anybody. Until the ACC championship game, if they can get themselves there, it, it 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 this it that this team bears the question: Are they this year's TCU? You know, can they go through this season undefeated? They haven't looked especially great. Um, their quarterback is. Good, not great. Sort of bounced around. Everybody sort of waited for him to come of age, much like Max Duggan. Where Max Duggan was, you know, uh, teach me how to Duggan. He was, started as
0: the backup. Teach last me year. how.
1: To, teach me how to dug in was a thing. Like two years before he he uh, we made reaches. It a thing. We he, no, it was a YouTube video. We, where we give they ourselves teach, some credit. Teach, teach me, teach me how to dug You know, but. He's got this teach me how to dug in thing, and he gets benched in between, teach me how to dug in, you know, hype phenomenon and going actually going to New York. He's benched and loses the starting job, has some injuries. So you know a very similar trajectory to the plumber kid who has looked good, not great, but this Louisville team is a team that when you look at their schedule, where's the loss? You know, Where's the loss? So uh, even beyond Louisville pit, maybe talk about it. Tell me a little bit about what you saw in that Notre Dame-Louisville game last week with, with what they were able to pull off and what is, I mean, a historic win for the Louisville program and definitely something that you'd have to say, geez, maybe we need to start standing up and taking notice of exactly how fantastic of a coach Jeff Brown is comes into Purdue and just brings that program right into legitimacy. Did they win a national championship? No. Did they go to the Big Ten championship? Yes. And this is Purdue, somebody who hadn't been good since Drew Brees, and Drew Brees has been retired for three years, you know. And then he comes back to Louisville and does what he's doing. It's impressive.
0: I'm trying to run through the games from Saturday. It was. It's the most surprising result from Saturday. I, I I could be missing something, but if I look back at those games, I did not anticipate Louisville beating Notre Dame by a couple of scores. So that was the most surprising, not the most surprising thing I saw, because not kneeling to win a game was definitely the most mm-hmm. surprising thing I saw. But that result of thirty-three to twenty against Notre Dame, I was I was shocked by that. So Louisville did get my attention. Yeah, it, with with what happened there,
1: it helps USC not being the most shocking result and going to 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 double overtime. But they, they did with, come
0: out with the win, but and, they
1: came out with the win, and, and it was a it, whereas, did, it was a
0: ten thirty p.m. start yeah, for USC, I, so of course that was going to happen.
1: Oh yeah, everything, nothing good happens after midnight, and for USC now if you're a favorite in the Pac-12, certainly nothing good happened after midnight. No, I mean this this is this is a this is a Louisville team. That when you look at some of their like team statistics, that nothing's gonna blow you off the page. Well, you got to start with our guy, like, the Syracuse transfer,
0: Jawar Jordan. If they, you're gonna talk about that's that team, the guy. That's, that's the, the guy.
1: That's the guy that actually puts up the stats that are most impressive. And then you know across the board, their team ranks, their team statistics are not great. But they, if they're undefeated. Do they not? If they're undefeated and win the ACC championship, do they not make it to the college football playoff?
0: To go undefeated, they're beating. They're going to beat Duke in Miami, in Kentucky, if they can do that. Those are good wins. So you have some good wins, but it's also a team that when I look at them.
1: But that's like again, that's like TCU. To go undefeated, you had to beat, and they didn't beat Kansas State in the championship game. So I, I, I realize what I'm saying, but to go undefeated, you had to beat. A mediocre Texas team, a down Oklahoma team, a, a, a Kansas team that fluctuated between good and completely irrelevant. You know, you had to beat uh, the Kansas the Kansas State team. So, you know, TCU was that kind of team last year, and those wins, Miami, those guys, if they can get them, I mean, they're 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 they got to be good enough to get them in, and that that's crazy to think about when you thought about Louisville at the beginning of the season. So
0: when they're playing at Pittsburgh this week, you're on the road. Pittsburgh has been a bit of a disappointment this year. Going into the season, Louisville-Pittsburgh would have been a toss-up to me. The Louisville team I saw play Notre Dame mm-hmm. is that just you jacked up because you have Notre Dame there? It's easy to get up for that game, and now you're going to travel up to Pittsburgh. is uh, I would guess a much yep. different environment than you are in this past week. How does that team respond when it's a running back that is do- making the place for you? I like traveling with Jordan there in the backfield. He's up there with Jonathan Brooks and Ray Davis from Kentucky. Like the, the top earners this year, the guys getting the most yards for their teams to Jordan is right there with those guys. So he is in the conversation for your first team all American running back. He's putting up those numbers. He's also catching the ball. So he's a threat everywhere. He's the difference maker in this game. So I like Louisville in this game. It wouldn't be something that whatever spread is. Louisville to win this game, I like them. What I don't like is you said it bears watching. It doesn't bear watching because they're gonna play this on the CW. Oh, jeez. So if you want, you can hang around after this game and watch F-Boy Island, possibly, (laughs) all right? So it's gonna be a good season, apparently it says here. You can watch, I care, bro. You can watch that episode of F Boy Island when you get done watching Louisville Pitt. So, Dan, I disagree that it bears watching. I, you... I mean, it
1: definitely doesn't bear watching for me. I don't even think I get the C-dub. C-dub is not on YouTube TV. How do you watch, hold on, YouTube how do you watch TV World's Said Funniest
0: no. Animals, episode 315, which is on before the game, or maybe the Spencer sisters, all right? So, are you gonna watch them because they're gonna investigate crimes in their hometown of Alder all their Bluffs, right? So, this is the
1: network <laughs> that you the, say bears watching. This an, I said the team. That network does not bear watching. You're gonna watch this game. Although, so, although F Boy does sound does sound pretty, <laughs> pretty great. Whoa. Okay. Can you pull that? <laughs> all right. Uh, what a great show. What was the episode called? I care, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So, say your DVRs. Is it spelled? They're going to be playing those wait, commercials during the game. Wait, just wait. Is, it, be... is it spelled B R U H in the episode? No, it's just B R O. Okay, it is B R O. Okay, care, that that's that's I think even worse for me. You should at least spell it in the manner in which you're saying it. Well, you yeah. tune in to find out I, how he said it. I, I guess ca- I care, bro. Um, oh wow, that's that's. I'm that's, sorry, I derailed us. That's button. bad. <laughs> I, I need a, so. I need a second to recover. Yeah. Um, but that's,
0: Louisville comes off of this win. And then and they play you, on like, C-dubs. And you, then the they ACC, play on C-dubs. you got to write that wrong. Be, oh, You've got to be like, hey, can we flip this to the ACC network? And then can we take anything else? Maybe a recap of last year's F-Boy Island. <laughs> we could play instead so we're not confused this year. So, nobody's, so there's no so plot holes that we're unsure yep, about. Yeah.
1: So nobody's confused about what happened <laughs> last season on F-Boy. Yeah. Um, that's that's amazing. What are, what else do the ACC have? Uh, you can't. We flip. just skip Florida State, you, Syracuse. You Dude, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech is on ACC network. That game screams F boy. Well, sure, whatever. We that. want to pay
0: attention to Virginia Tech. We'll we'll save them for a week or two. But that's a team we're going to have to start paying attention to here in Syracuse because they're on the horizon. But this week we'll watch CW. All
1: right. They should be on CW this yeah. week. How about a game that's going to be on a so, network you've look, heard of? Speaking of, you know, and speaking of Louisville and what they did last week and how impressive they looked, let's talk about who they did it against. You know, this Notre Dame team is just hard matchup after hard matchup after hard matchup is what they faced the last few weeks, starting with the Ohio State debacle. At the end where, you know, they got, they're got they missing a guy on the field. By the way, Marcus Freeman is definitely sending Mario Cristobal like a, a thank you card, a basket of flowers, and the whole nine. Because now nobody's talking about that anymore. It's all about not kneeling. But this Notre Dame team is is, is now coming into this game where they're, they've they played some tough games right in a row here. And now they're going to go against this USC team where they uh, just got their guts ripped out by Louisville and Vegas isn't buying it like Vegas is not buying this Notre Dame team is dead in the water they have Notre Dame at home as two and a half point favorites over USC USC has looked bad on defense so what do you make of this game and it's you brought it up in pregame production it is a classic game I mean this is as classic of a college football game as you can get outside of you know ohio state versus michigan and, and and some of those ones this game is right up with all of those games the iron bowl all of them this game's right there
0: yeah, it's a heavyweight bout you have the heisman trophy winner undefeated coming into south bend this is a it's a monster college football matchup so notre dame slips up screws that up for us a little bit because we wanted to think of them as still in that playoff picture i didn't look at notre dame as a playoff team Wait. There it is. I did not consider Notre Dame a playoff team this year, so I'm not surprised that they're out of the picture here. The fact that they're favored in this game did surprise me a little bit because the Notre Dame offense has not been impressive to me. So in the weakness of USC, oh, their defense isn't very good. That's going to be, I'm going to be nervous about that when Penix and Washington we're having to take on those guys, or this Oregon team. When we're having to see those offenses that are top in the country, then the USC defense is a concern to me. The Notre Dame offense, I don't know how you feel, it has not done much for me to go, oh, man, USC's defense is bad. Notre Dame's going to take advantage of that. Their offense has not been impressive at all.
1: Well, and see, the thing, Notre Dame's offense was impressive.
0: Estimate was and impressive.
1: they and, and Hartman was playing you know, good football, maybe not, you know, great Heisman level football, but Hartman level football. He was playing well. They went up against a tough Ohio State defense and a tough Duke defense, and he looked mortal. What surprised me, so that didn't surprise me because that's, he doesn't have a lot of weapons. They don't have a lot of wide receivers that can get to you on the edges and everything like that, and that's something that you, you had to imagine that that team was going to struggle with. It was him going to be sort of in that game manager mode with Estime doing the heavy lifting with the power running game. So that didn't surprise me. Them getting handled by Louisville surprised me, and that gives me pause for concern because, you know, if if Louisville, who – by all accounts, does not have a fantastic defense, can do that. What's this USC team, can they do just enough to hold Notre Dame at bay for an offense that USC brings out that is just fireworks? I mean, I don't know... Who's stopping that USC offense? You've got to hope to beat them. Well, Arizona them. did. You've got to hope to beat them. Arizona did hold them at bay that second half. Well, and it was really the, 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 the whole The whole, the, in 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 the first half, they just made mistake after mistake. And they, they just sort of, you know, that, that that Arizona game, to me, looked more like Georgia playing Auburn than it did this is who USC is. That looked like they were sleepwalking, you know, the the you know, play the it's a trap song. That looks like that looked to me like that's what they got caught doing. And we saw what Georgia did the week after in their marquee matchup versus Kentucky after Ooh, like you know yeah, after okay. struggling against Auburn, you know, we saw what they did and that 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 it, this feels more more like that than, then oh hey uh, Arizona can stop them, so Notre Dame can stop them. That offense is incredible. They got weapons and fireworks everywhere. And if you're gonna beat this team, it feels like you got to be able to beat them forty-two to thirty-five. You know, fifty-four to fifty-one or whatever. And I don't know that Notre Dame has the offense to do that. No, and USC
0: is averaging over
1: fifty points. I believe
0: they have some crazy number that they're averaging scoring a game. Notre Dame is not going to be able to keep up with them. The, the couple of factors that we talked about the Arizona game, we did, we do think highly of the Ohio State offense, except for that quarterback position. So when anybody wants to draw parallels, well, Notre Dame did play a team with exceptional wide receivers and stud running backs. So they did see this. They did, but not at the most important position. Correct. So USC, if Caleb Williams showed up with that Ohio State team and he was the quarterback there, Right. It, it, you would have not need 10 guys. You'd play with 14 guys on defense in that game, yeah. and Ohio State's still going to win that game over Notre Dame. So they come in with good, good skill players and a quarterback that is phenomenal. With the, How they had that kid, they ran the little two-point play in the triple overtime, and it was just, we're going to give it to our guy, and he's going to go one-on-one with one of your corners. It was a really cool thing that you can see what they think of their quarterback I like USC in this game. I'm taking road dogs now, Dan. As I'm looking at uh, our results so far, so I'm getting a little anxious uh, you, about that.
1: You're just keep going, road dogs. after US, road dog.
0: USC, Miami, A and M. Okay. Well, uh-oh, i have to change some picks later on.
1: All right. So, I think I'm 3 for 3 with the Road Dogs. So, <laughs> three, 3 for 3 with Road Dog Trend. Um, you know, look, you? It, it, I have got USC. Yeah. I've got USC winning this game. I don't trust that Notre Dame's offense can do enough. I it, it, the defense is going to get some stops, more stops than we've seen um, you know, typically against this USC team. I mean, this USC team really hasn't played anybody but the just the eyeball test for this team they have the it factor Caleb williams has that it factor these skill position players have that it factor can the offensive line hold up can they get a little bit out of their running game you know like that those sort of things pop up as questions in your mind and obviously the ultimate their defense stinks so can they stop anybody I just don't see the Notre Dame offense being able to do enough to, to hold this USC defensive bay. Estime has been great, but Estime barely puts their rushing attack within the top 100 in the country. You know what I mean? They're rushing attack. It's not, it's not like you're like, well, Notre Dame rolls in with this top three rushing attack, and they're going to be able to run the ball on USC and, and keep USC off the field. And that's really what I think you need to do here. So Notre Dame comes in kind of doing everything on offense average. And then a, a defense who probably gets a lot of credit for what they did against USC and the eyeball, or for OSU, and the eyeball test in that game suggests that it was maybe more McCord not being entirely comfortable than that Notre Dame defense being silly, you know, stop everybody, awesome. Well, they just got run all over. Notre Dame just got run all over. And then that game has to concern you. And
0: then Marshawn Lloyd is coming in averaging almost eight yards a carry for USC. So you have a great quarterback, outstanding wide receivers, and then you haven't been able to stop the run. We saw Travion Henderson have a big run in right. that game that changed there. Right. We saw what Louisville did, and USC has a very good running back. Yeah. So if you're we have to stop the run. We just gave up 140 yards. Okay, go to stop the run. But now Caleb Williams, he can move. He's going to be putting it in the air. Yep. USC wins this game.
1: And you throw some of those comparisons around that, that that I love the that you brought up the Lloyd kid because the Lloyd kid feels like um what Clyde Edwards-Helaire felt like to that LSU offense that was so dynamic with these weapons all over the edge in a in a you know number 1 pick in the draft at quarterback and they just had dudes everywhere But when they needed a tough yard, they had Clyde Edwards-Alaire there. When they needed to get the running game going in order to keep the defenses honest, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was there. And this is what that Marshawn Lloyd kit feels like to me for this USC offense. I mean, obviously, I'm not putting this USC team on that LSU level because that LSU team could play defense. And those wide receivers, obviously, what we've seen them do in the NFL. Yes, that, that team is so rich, ridiculous. The guys from that team, that growing team, those receivers, are so rich. That team was just ridiculous. Yeah. but that's but it, you know again that the Lloyd kid just feels like that for me. So I like USC in this game. I'd love to see the Irish hang around, but I just don't see it. No, not going to hang around. They hang they there. don't. I, I mean, I, not that they don't hang around, but I, they're not. This game isn't going to be final seconds type game. This is this is going to be, you know, 7-10 point game for USC.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's 7 points, that sounds about right. I like that touchdown win for USC. I can get on board.
1: You want to stay in the Pac-12 Let's or stay. you want to move to Can we
0: knock out the Iowa Wisconsin I mean, game? I can we just I, get I, that over. I don't want to
1: jump on the Oregon Washington game now. So I how we want to dangle that carrot. So <laughs> stay tuned. stick around yeah. <laughs> stick stick around Iowa Wisconsin next <laughs> Iowa Wisconsin um you know I, I said it in the opening this the the big 10 west feels like they're just competing to get their heads kicked in by whoever comes out of that triumvirate of teams in the big 10 east with Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan i mean they've looked they've looked not good Iowa's looked not good Wisconsin's looked average at best. Minnesota's looked average at best. I mean, this is just, this is a conference that's a mess right now. And Last
0: year of that, though. It,
1: they're about to be owned by the likes of Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA. I mean, that, they, I know that they're doing away with conferences, right? Yeah, they're doing away with they're all They're doing away They put with out conferences. the schedule last week. You can but see I, the schedule. I, d- I did see that, but, I mean, if you're talking about those out-west teams... It's going to be West versus East in the Big Ten, and Iowa, Wisconsin ain't it anymore.
0: That The winner of this game in the driver's Wisconsin already, if they win this game, I think everybody else on that side will already have two losses, so Wisconsin is putting themselves in that uh, championship game with a win here, it looks like. We expected Wisconsin to be there. Fickle coming in here, I thought a lot of Wisconsin coming into the season. If I was going to pick anyone, it would be that team. A couple storylines here to look at. Deacon that was my Hill.
1: preseason pick.
0: Deacon Hill. He's going to be your quarterback for Iowa. All right? This kid transferred from Wisconsin. Paul Chris gets fired. This kid comes over from Wisconsin. He steps in great into that Iowa quarterback role. He's going to compl- – you see he's like 9 for 20 last week. Oh, perfect. I mean, so this kid's ready to go. Perfect. Scratching that 50%. So Wisconsin is giving up the most passing yards in the conference right now. What better team to play than Iowa to get those numbers to drop? So, at least that's going to help you. So, it's another matchup where Iowa doesn't have the opportunity to take advantage of the weakness that Wisconsin has. So, Wisconsin minus 10 here, I would stay. I don't know if these teams are going to score a bunch of points to have a 10 point difference between them. Wisconsin, great running back with Braylon Allen. Tanner Mordecai is a little confusing to me. People talk about Wisconsin having this new offense. If right, Phil Longo comes over from North Carolina, the new look, Wisconsin. So I did some homework, Dan. The new. Oh, good. homework. T- Tanner Mordecai, in his two years as starter at SMU, averaged three touchdown passes a game. 24 starts, 72 touchdowns. Three touchdown passes a game. Through five games as the Wisconsin quarterback. He has three total touchdown passes. So you were averaging this a game. This kid is going to throw the ball. Wisconsin shows up. It, we're going to have a new look offense. We have not seen it yet. You're not going to be able to do it against Iowa. Iowa's going to have guys that are going to prevent you from being able to throw it. So it's going to be a Braylon Allen game. It's going to be close. I don't like the 10 points here. But Tanner Mordecai not doing enough for me to think we're going to get to Indianapolis in six, seven weeks and see a Wisconsin team that can match up with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you. I, I like... I like Wisconsin in this game. I'm not sure that anybody's competent enough to cover a 10-point spread in this game. But, uh, I mean, these these Iowa stats are just ugly. Kevin, 194th in the country rushing yards per game. 200 this has to include FCS teams, then. 250th. There's only, like, 130 teams. Right, like, wh- h- how is this even possible?
0: They must be have been FCS also, those stats...
1: Uh, total yards per game, two two hundred and fifty four. These are numbers where like you're behind University of Albany. Like, uh, what is going on here? They, are they Albany's using... got a, who has Albany played? That's what I've been saying, to everybody. What's okay. who's
0: Albany played? Show me their
1: schedule. I I don't know who Albany's played, but I know that they have probably a pretty good shot against Iowa and this offense. So I got I got Wisconsin. Um, I got Wisconsin winning. I wouldn't touch this game. I take the under. Wisconsin, Iowa. I take the under. Iowa's a mark for taking the under. The we good. I, I was wondering we good what it would be. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah.
0: I like Wisconsin again. I'm going Braylon Allen. The difference. I'm a big fan of that running back. Iowa Ooh. has a couple nice kids, also, but it's just not their offense. I might have the under. Going. Oh,
1: the over under is thirty four and a half points. I think I still take the under.
0: Yeah, we'll pay attention to that one. That's a good one. That
1: 34 and a half That's points low. is low, dude. Yeah, that, yeah. I'll well, take the under. Iowa's
0: got to score what?
1: 25? <laughs> I mean, they supposed to score 25 a game. Okay. Well, they might not score they They're doing okay seven. so far.
0: I think he's a, I think he's on pace. He's going to be all right. He's under. Yeah, but they have some games coming up where they might be able to score some points.
1: Mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to pay attention to on that one for sure because I don't I don't know. I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um Moving on. Yeah, thank you for just <laughs> – we, we, we had to talk about it. We had to talk When I was about, looking at the schedule – Because they of, bounce. Uh, yeah, because it, it's an elimination matter. game. It's yeah. an elimination game. You have to know the elimination game. And you don't even know, like, one of those teams on the Big Ten East side might need that to be at least a decent game. I mean, they got to be sitting there going, Wisconsin, can you please, like, win the rest of your games? You know what I mean like can, I don't think it can, matters. Can you please like uh, get get give us I mean I don't did it matter the Cardell Jones year when Ohio State wasn't even supposed to make the college football playoff and then bolt raced Wisconsin People just in think that game so and highly. made
0: it. You have 3 of the top 6 teams on that other side. So whoever makes it to that championship game has some real nice wins that this year you're going to be okay when you look at right. Because the SEC even if they all
1: have one loss. Even I if think it's they're gonna like be there going, and We and would want two,
0: are we gonna get two in? I think yeah. they're gonna be greedy. Yeah. The big ten's going one's a slam dunk, we're gonna be greedy, we deserve two, will yeah. be the conversation from them.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um it's it I, I we I gotta get to it. I got I gotta know. I gotta know about that Oregon Washington game, Kenny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. It's it's time to get to that game because it's just it's a big one it's huge and this game is it, it it's it's actually sort of underplayed as to how big of a game this is it's a game that has been played get this this game has been played 114 times so 114 times over a century long this game has been played between the border these two teams. War. yeah and, and and you don't we it's got a name and everything the border war we don't even think of it like that but it's a game that's incredible. It, in its 114 meetings, this is mind blowing. I saw this the other day, Kevin. It is the first time these teams have played both ranked in the top 10. Like that's that's insane. Uh, you think of all the success of both of these programs, and this is the first time it's going to be played in 114 meetings where both of them are in the top 10. Uh, it's it, it, this is it's 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 just the biggest game for, you know, I, I think both of these programs of, of the year because I think this is these are the two best teams in the Pac-12. The,
0: yeah, we look at complete teams. We trust the defenses of both of those teams more than we do USC's. So at, including USC, you have the three best offenses in the country out in the Pac-12. These are arguably the top two offenses going at it. On Saturday, I believe it's 3.30 we're looking at. It does have game
1: day. It's one of those dark game days. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, oh, it'll be dark game day, right? yeah. Because though, they love that. Yeah, it's
1: in Seattle. Yeah. They're so psyched. Uh, they're, they're so psyched about going to Seattle. They, they, that dude, that place is sick, man. That 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 stadium and that setup over there looks incredible.
0: It's gonna. It'll be a great environment on Saturday, and then you get down into the quarterback play here. You're you have the Heisman. Like when you want to talk about, it checks all the boxes. You have yeah. great offenses, so it'll be entertaining. You have the Quarterbacks that are in that Heisman conversation, the winner of this game now has that feather in his cap. He comes out as the front runner. So Dylan Gabriel got a little shine for a few days beating Texas, and that was nice. He did. He was awesome. But the the quarterback of this game, to win this game, your quarterback is going to ball out. Yeah. And I guess between the two teams, even more Michael Penix. If I have to look at one, if Washington wins this game, Michael Penix is your Heisman favorite. On Sunday morning, Bo Nix doesn't necessarily have to play at the same level because of the defense in the running game. I give an edge to Oregon in both of those situations. I'm a Bo guy, but he doesn't have to play the game that Penix does here. There's a lot on a lot more on Penix's shoulders than on Bo Nix's shoulders to me in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean Penix is is leading an aerial attack, right? I mean he's leading a team that just takes shot after shot after shot down the field and they just they, that's how they attack you there's no there's no game management thing going on for for big panics energy he's right. he's all he is all shots down the field Oh, i got you something know, I want and, rg3
0: to work in dan and, give so it, i know rg3 listens so when you talk about like um Greatness. So is that like the end of that wordness? What is that? That's called a something, right? Greatness or it's your a Latin. humbleness. Yeah. So I want RG three to talk Latin about MVP. Suffix. Right? If somebody's like an MVP, they're showing MVPness. <laughs> Right, like greatness. So on R G three to be like, look at Penix out there, he's show he has the MVP of the team. That he's giving that MV is what he's showing. He's right giving now. that MV penis aura. I think some we gotta start working that in. It, what's the I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> right? It's no like greatness problem. or whatever. It's yeah. MV penis. That's yeah. what you're giving yes, off here. Absolutely. It's, that's absolutely. the vibe. Yeah.
1: Okay. Huge MV penis. Right. If yeah. that's what you're if that's yeah. how well you're playing, yep. look at that MV penis. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, kind of performance that we had from him. Okay, exactly. so Sans underwear.
1: <laughs> I don't get the problem. I, I don't know the problem. The, the 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 these two quarterbacks and and they've both you know been showing a lot of mv penis this Perfect, entire right? season. It sounds good, right? Yeah, it well, I mean, do you realize that if mv penis on the tongue just kind of feels what? right, doesn't it? <laughs> F boy, um, if you look at Nix's numbers right this year, do you realize that as of right now he's rocking that eighty point four percent completion huh. rate? And if he kept that, he would set an NCAA single season record for completion percentage. That's oh, that's, that's what he's running right now. And then you know, conversely, and or just on the other side of that. What Penix is rocking right now is, in, a, in addition to an, uh, his big Penix <laughs> energy it, on the mvp penis <laughs> is is he's averaging 11.2 yards per attempt, which is currently number five all time. Like, if he kept that, if he kept that 11.2 yards per attempt, that is number five all time in the history of college football. And that's the quarterback matchup we're getting this week. So is there something as we look outside of? Can we look at something other than these two guys' MVP penises? <laughs> I, so I don't know that, what's that you gonna might have. I don't know that was gonna, maybe forced. What's gonna what's gonna separate these two these two teams? <laughs> I, I the running backs
0: that Oregon has are difference makers. They have two or three guys that can fly. They're all putting up you know, yards per carry. They're you know over seven yards per carry with a whole bunch of guys. So I see more balance with the Oregon offense. That The Washington offense, we know that they have to throw the ball to beat us. Penix is outstanding doing that. So it's great to have that guy, and you're getting another receiver back here. They're going to have, I think, all three of their top receivers. Good to go in this game. All hands on deck for Washington there. But I think Oregon having more balance is the difference to me here having the running backs that they do. It's not just one guy. They're going to run guys at you for that whole game. Oregon's defense, we saw what they did to Colorado. I know like when we're trying to compare these two teams, who have they played, what have we seen? I look at Oregon at Texas Tech, not very impressive. Then you smoke Colorado. Akara's offensive line stinks. They're terrible, so you're able to get to the quarterback. You're not going to be able to do that to Washington the way you did to Colorado, but... I saw something from that Oregon defense in that game that makes me think they can keep Washington from putting up the numbers that they had. Washington, you saw them play against a decent Arizona team. They weren't able to put up those numbers. If they can't just outrun you and outscore you, you're going to be – I mean, obviously, if they don't outscore you, they're not going to win. I don't think that's very likely. I'll correct myself there. But the ability that Oregon has to slow them down with a running game, they just have more options there. So I'm looking at another road team that I like this weekend in this game. So Maybe I'm an idiot, but it's another team that I just trust the Oregon team to have more than what
1: Washington has. It's It's concerning. With Washington, it's concerning – where you look at, and you bring up a good point, that balance on offense for Washington is just, I mean, it, it is. There, there's a gulf. When you talk about there's not a lot of balance there, you talk about there's, like, virtually zero balance there. You're talking about the number one passing team in the country and a rushing team that sits outside the top 100 in rushing yards per game. So you're talking about that's the lack of balance that they have. A defense that is... You know, it's good, not great. I mean, their 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 defense is not incredible. They're they're an average defense that you would sit there and say, this is nice. They're able to stop, get enough stops, to let that offense shine. They probably get a lot, a lot of um, credit for what the offense does to teams and the pressure that the offense puts on teams. But, in, in, and then conversely, you have the offense for the Oregon Ducks, which, as you put it, is much more balanced. They are, you know, they sit top 10 in both of those categories, in rushing and passing. And then what they bring to the table is a defense that is top 10 in in, in the country, you know, a, a top 20 in both rushing and passing yards per game categories. So this is a... Very very well rounded team. The Ducks are bringing probably the best well rounded team in the country into this game at Washington. My problem That's a with, bold statement. My problem. I did I say in the country? I meant yeah. in the Pac twelve. Oh, okay. sorry. Um the the most well Ann Arbor were just certainly their the, the most. And a bunch. Um, you know, I would be interested to see this Oregon team play Michigan. We might get it yeah. at some point this season, but um, I'm neutral field tomorrow. I don't know that I'm taking Michigan to beat this Oregon team. I haven't it's seen Michigan game. play anybody. Um, this Oregon team, while they are so well rounded, the problem that I have with them is a similar problem that, and it's it's great that you bring up Michigan is a similar problem that I you know have always had with Michigan. When and if they get punched in the mouth and are down ten, do they have a team that can come back from that? Oregon scoring first and playing from ahead can can beat anybody, you know. Like it, it, people coming back on them and them going tip for tap with people is the way that they want to play it. But in this environment at Washington. With college game day there, I think the Huskies come out on fire. The Ducks battle back, but they can't get all the way back, and Washington pulls this game off in the end. With that offense and that dynamic, you know, Dr. Penix is, is, is going to let his college experience show. And I know that Bo Nix has a lot of college experience too, but is not the natural thrower that Penix is and they're just going to have a tough time keeping Panics down. I, I've got Washington winning this game. Even though the statistics flesh out, I should be picking Oregon. I think Washington gets up from the energy and the, just the hype of this game being in Washington for the biggest game, one of the biggest games that's ever been played on that campus. They get up, they come out on fire, and Oregon can't work their way all the way back from that.
0: I know at Texas Tech is not the same thing, but they were down 9 or 10 going into the fourth quarter at Texas Tech, put up a 20 spot in the fourth quarter, come back and win that game. So that's not the skill level, obviously, that Texas Tech has, but they did face that scenario this year. So they were looking at trailing going into a fourth quarter on the road and were able to put it together and win a game at Texas Tech. So they can have that conversation if they face that on saturday i don't see him falling down big here I, that this is going to be another one of these games these matchups are so tight this week it's going to be this is one of those weeks where i would never be able to actually bet on games right because i looked at so many of these games this week here's another one the it's a it's a cheap out for me to be like i have no idea what's going to happen when i want to try to pick these games and the home team i would typically lean to yeah oregon has looked like the better team to me so i'm picking the better team but you can easily convince me this game goes either way. These teams are right there. They, I don't know how it plays out at the end of the year with tiebreakers or things like yeah. that with one losses. But I'm not gonna be surprised when did we see
1: Pac, it. Pac-12 do away with. They did away with the. Divisions. They did away with that. Right, it's just one versus two. And I'm gonna feel like the
0: Oklahoma Texas game after this one. Where I came away from that going, Texas, okay, you lost, but all you have to do is beat Oklahoma one more time,
1: and you're probably good. Yeah, I mean, I walked away from that Texas-Oklahoma game going, those are two very good football teams.
0: Yeah, they beat most teams they played. That's how I feel about Oregon and Washington.
1: Two very good football teams. If it's a
0: blowout, I'm shocked.
1: And I'm not saying that that, that, um, Oregon's going to get down big, per se, but more so that Washington comes out, you know, touchdown, stop, you know, touchdown field goal, all of a sudden they're up 10 nothing, 14 nothing, and that's the spot that they find themselves in. And then the rest of the game is played from that early game energy that Washington had to spot them 10-14 points. And then what do we go from there? You know what I mean?
0: Bo Nix to Troy Franklin for the win.
1: Troy Franklin's been incredible. Those two guys have a connection. That that guy has been incredible this year. The Oregon offense is incredible. This is a game, I'm with you, I wouldn't bet it. I I just, I I think these are two very, very good teams. I
0: wish it was the night game. I wish it was 7.30 and I could be just, Saturday at 3.30 can be a little
1: unpredictable at times for me. I will be watching this game at Taproot Farms uh, for Fall Festival this year, and I'll have it, you know, probably on my phone. Maybe I might. they have
0: games on there. No, not their thing. Uh, there.
1: they might have some games on. He had a projector last year. I could bring a TV. He had. I. I think I might bring a TV and just, <laughs> you know, it's Roku. Just hook the internet up through my phone. That that's fine, right?
0: They don't have Wi-Fi out there. Nobody cares I bet about they that. They do. They can just hop in their Wi-Fi. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll throw a TV that, in the truck. All, right. all right. Are yeah, you going? No. I mean, I don't. Now I feel like I'm committed to go to the TV. Yeah. You so should. So that spiraled.
1: Yeah. No, you should go. You should <laughs> sure go. That's going to be a fantastic time. Um, where do I mean, where do you want to go next after this game? Because I think there's, I think there's, uh, not another game obviously with this game's well your top magnitude your top five but you six do teams have games yeah I mean your top Alabama's gonna play Arkansas, yeah. which we touched on that game you know in the opening a little bit this game's not you know just a nothingness game Arkansas has been playing teams well I get it it's a 20 point spread it's a 19 and a half point spread but the the idea here is that Alabama can't slip. They're not gonna slip. So that's 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 where this game, you know, just all right. You know, like let me have this thing on like T three, and make sure nothing happens. Like the third television, maybe even one of the squares and the multi view television. Because I mean, I always get like the 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 big TV has a full game. Second biggest TV has four squares. Third TV also has its own game. That's like the littler TV, your 27-inch mm-hmm. TV. Okay. That's how I roll with my format. So this Alabama game is maybe like one of the four squares that could easily be like, Oof, okay, wait a minute. K.J. Jefferson's going off a little bit. This could get a little dicey. Let's move it over to its own screen, but on the third TV, the little TV. And then at the end, if it gets real, real, real dicey, it gets big screen TV. So that, that's 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 the progression that I see this game going, if 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 it if it actually has any sort of legs towards towards a uh, towards an upset, which I don't see. But it starts fourth screen on the multi view because you've got to watch it because Alabama can't afford another loss.
0: They can't. They're not going to lose this game, and they're going to be a team that uh, you look at Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, the three games after this week. So Alabama is going to be a team that we are talking about every single week here. Like you said, they used their, they screwed up, they lost a game. So that happened in terms of the CFP. And the SEC, no, they haven't lost yet. They are in the driver's seat on that side. I thought it was going to be LSU. It is Alabama right now. And what we saw last week to beat A&M, Arkansas not going to be an issue. Tennessee... I'm feeling pretty good about Alabama there. So you look at that schedule, that LSU game on November 4th, I'm circling between these two, but Alabama's coming full speed. Arkansas, the SEC's brutal, man. Like, when you think of these teams switching conferences and coming in here, you look at a team like Arkansas, which has a really good running back, an awesome quarterback, and then you just, the schedule is absurd. So it's just, it's a really difficult league Arkansas is a team that plays a lot of games that we watch, but they're not winning those games because they're against LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, then you get Alabama. That is a brutal four-game stretch that they're ending with here. It was 19 points here.
1: Yeah, 19 and a half. I mean, Arkansas is your best 2-4 and team in the country.
0: It's true. You can't look at records when you want to talk about how good a team is because that's a great point about Arkansas with who they had
1: to play. You've played tight with LSU, with Ole Miss. Wait a minute. Did you say that's a great point with with who Arkansas played? After you just made the point about who Arkansas Arkansas played. Were you talking no, about, about yourself I'm making your that record point. at two and four, right. saying you're the best All two and
0: four? Right. Like when you just want to look at a record, some people go Arkansas is two and four. Like you said, not all two and fours are made the same. Yeah. So this is a team, just don't stare at that record here, but Alabama seemed to turn a corner to me. So that's they look like a team that I would not want to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we talked about it before, uh, you know, when we talked about UNC a little bit with uh, a new offensive coordinator trying to wrap his arms around what the offensive looks like, trying to wrap his arms around what I have in the offense. Tommy Reese comes in. You know, Truth be told, I still don't really understand the hire. Um, I don't think he's that dynamic or creative a, of an offensive coordinator, but he's starting to wrap his arms around the fact that, that Jalen Millereau is a guy that can run, beat you in those off-platform throws. He's not you know, a pure let drop back passer. The offensive line is nowhere near as good as they thought it was gonna be. It's actually quite bad. Um, the McClellan kid, they need to get him more touches, of course. He's he's spectacular. He might be the best player on their offense, period. And you know, so but Reese is just trying to figure some of this stuff out, trying to get an identity for this offense what once the lights come on because all you've had is spring practice. You've got to realize that these offensive coordinators come in and all you've had is, you know, thud practices and, and practices against your own team. There's no preseason in college football. They didn't have any time to figure this stuff out, and I agree with you. He's figured some of the stuff out of late. I don't think they have a problem with Arkansas, but I, I hate that 19-and-a-half point spread. I don't love it. This, this Alabama team is not beat to is not built to beat teams down
0: like I that. I feel like it's begging me to take Arkansas plus 19 and a half. Yeah, and that which ve- tells like me Vegas not to knows. Yeah. yeah, Vegas knows. So that's why it stinks. You look at it, you go, no. Vegas knows.
1: It's one of those old school Ohio State spreads where they're like, oh, Ohio State's <laughs> struggling. Or like the Georgia spread. Wouldn't you love right. to take Kentucky in this game right. like last week? And you and I talked about it. We were like, okay, this, this game just screams – you know, everybody. Oh, this, the Kentucky weakness is gonna expose the Kentucky that strength is gonna game, expose yeah. the Georgia weakness. No. Da, 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 da. And we were like, this feels like one of those games where Georgia just bolt racism, and they didn't did. happen. Um, I get a similar vibe from Alabama this week against
0: Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who else you got, honey? Uh, for games this week? Yeah. The one that interests me, is you looking at UCLA and Oregon State? So now we've talked about the big matchups this week that uh, Dante Moore and Chip Kelly, I believe last week they ran the most plays in the game that he's ever run at UCLA. And that's his thing. So he's now got a quarterback. He's got something going there. But now you have to go on the road to take on DJU and a Beavers team that can run the ball well. They have high hopes this year. They have one loss right now. That Washington State loss, I believe, that's their only loss right now. Yeah, which
1: is not a bad loss. Not a
0: bad loss at all. That UCLA, is they have an outstanding defense. So DJU is having to take on one of the better defenses that he's going to see in the Pac-12, which has been all about offenses this year. But UCLA, they've been able to stop the run. They are on top of things defensively. This is going to be interesting for DJU to take on. This is a, a UCLA defense that... Concerns me with DJ. Is he going to turn the ball over here? What's going to? They need those running backs to be working. Yeah, for them. And if UCLA can shut that down, and now DJ, let's see what you can do here. And it's a DJ against Dante Moore game. Sign me up. That's going to be a blast to watch.
1: He's not, you know, DJ. You at this point, I, it's it, he is. It is what it is, right? I mean, we've seen him enough to know what he is. He's a solidly accurate short to mid-range passer who struggles to throw the deep ball. I mean that that's what he is. So to your point when you're talking about um, that running game getting going, that is absolutely what they need. I mean they, they, this is it's a balanced team. Their offense and defense are 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 both solid. You know, their offense and defense, overall offense and overall defense are both sitting there, you know, top 30 in the country. They're not Oregon with with you know, both sit in their top 10 in the country, but top 30 in the country for both sides of the ball is a very, very solid place to be. But I'm with you. They need that rushing offense to come alive in order to get the passing offense sort of off the ground. And this UCLA defense has been, uh, you know, they've been able to certainly weather the storm Against other teams' rushing attacks, their their strength is actually stopping those rushing attacks as they sit there. You know, uh, 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 top top three in the country. I mean, they're giving up sixty five yards per game or something like that. Sixty five. No yards, one scored over twenty points 65, a game against this team. Sixty five yards per game rushing. This UCLA defense is giving up. And so your point is 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 made and made strongly where you say. If UCLA can stop that Oregon State rushing attack, what can you do, DJU? And I think that we've seen what DJU can do, and I think that we know what DJU could do. Dante Moore it, it excites me to a greater extent in this game. If he doesn't turn the ball over, if he doesn't play like a freshman like the way that he did against Utah, they win. The only game they lost is the game that he played so poorly. Well, Utah forced him
0: into playing poorly too. Absolutely. Utah defense was Absolutely. Phenomenal.
1: They were flying around yeah. and giving him different looks. I mean Kyle Whittingham is is an expert, is a pro at that. Is Oregon State gonna be able to do that same thing? I'm not so sure. I I you know, to me the Moore kid is an exciting young player that is 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 tough to bet against especially when you sit there and you say our defense does what your offense wants to do and now we'll take our kid more to 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 overcome whatever you're going to throw at him because we don't think you guys can beat what we're going to throw at you and i like oregon state in this game
0: this is going to be a dj game because you have the nice running backs martinez and fenwick are very good running backs for Oregon State. So you said he's gonna have to pay attention. That Martinez is gonna make some runs. Mm-hmm. That kid almost goes over a hundred every single time he plays in a game. So he's gonna be hovering right around there. DJ has thirteen passing touchdowns this year. Last year, Oregon State had sixteen total. So this is a different dynamic they now have with this quarterback. He's been able to he's not giving up sacks right now. He's been able to get rid of the ball at home. I like Oregon State in this game, so a lot of road dogs for me today. I'm taking Oregon State at home in this game.
1: I'm gonna go with the road. uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, it. Right?
0: Aren't they? Is Oregon? I assume Oregon State's favorite at home. Oregon State's
1: favorite at home. They're they're favored by four. I'm gonna go with UCLA, and I'm gonna go with UCLA on just a pure cover. I'm not gonna go money line on UCLA. Uh, but I'm going to go UCLA to keep this game close enough to cover that four points. I like him in this four. game. Okay. This is this – is, I think this is going to be a tight one. I think DJ Moore does enough. This is a very – and I don't even understand how this game is just kind of flying under the radar like – it's prime time on Fox heard, though. It is prime time on Fox, but yeah. I mean I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. I haven't heard a lot of hype surrounding this game. Right. And I know that hype only surrounds two, three, four games, but this is a top twenty matchup. Look what it's
0: going up against.
1: This is a top twenty matchup of two teams who are, you know, again, you talk about being on that precipice of I'm out. I'm no longer a contender for my conference title. One of these two teams is going to have two conference losses. I mean, the Pac-12 isn't losing games outside of their conference. They're only losing games inside their conference. So you have a team like Washington and Oregon coming out of that game who is going to be undefeated in the Pac-12. You loser of this game is going to have two losses in the Pac-12. Yeah. You know you're in trouble, and it's it's great. It's 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 a wonderful matchup. I like UCLA to cover but this is this is a toss up if 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 Dante Moore does not turn the ball over UCLA wins
0: i got a stat for you Oregon State this year one of five teams right now that's 100% converting in the red zone 22 of 22 wow so they're 20 of 22 touchdowns can i change so when they <laughs> when they get in there they are scoring mean, 20 of 22 but then also to always put up points so the five teams that are doing that cause as soon as i see that stat i'm like okay who else are the five Florida State, Colorado, South Alabama, Western Kentucky join the Beavers of Oregon State. 100% success rate when they get down in that red zone. They're going to convert. And if you don't get a touchdown, Atticus Sippington coming in to take your kicks. Sign me up. Wow. I'll take Atticus Sippington. Atticus? Any day of the week. Sippington. Yes. Or Sappington, I believe.
1: Atticus Sappington. Oh, Sippington was such a better name. I know, but I had to correct he you. He should switch it. Yeah. No? We'll talk to him. It's not Sappington. Yeah. Sippington. Sappington, Sappington. But that so Slippy, Slappy slippy. Samsonite, night. That's way off.
0: That Saturday night, you've got the USC Notre Dame game. So that does get all the hype because of the brands and what we have seen. But gotcha. You've got this Oregon State UCLA game going up right against it there. There's the two you're gonna need at least two TVs for those two because this oh, is a goodness. game that's gonna be back and forth don't ignore it because the nice pretty brands are on also. There's yeah. going to be some great football out there.
1: Absolutely. You know what else is you can't ignore that you know this is going to be fun. And this is going to be a good time because if if memory serves me correctly and you know how I like my 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 Friday night games, mm-hmm. Kevin you know how I like Talk about my, Coach Prime Friday night. Well, Coach Prime is Friday night, but I believe Tulane is Friday night as well. Oh, with Memphis. I think Tulane Memphis is Friday Seth night Hennigan. as well. Let me take a look here. Yeah,
0: Tulane right, is.
1: Memphis is Friday night at seven o'clock, and this is what's interesting about this game is Tulane. You gotta think is going to get a little bit of. Uh, leeway on the fact that they lost their one game while Pratt was hurt against Ole Miss against a big-time program with their guy hurt and they didn't even get vote raced no that was yeah like it Miss was a good game yeah, yeah it was a good game so now you have you have some of your traditional powers where like Boise State's down Fresno State just lost last week to Wyoming Wyoming's already lost twice um, so you know you have some of these teams, San Diego State, who's usually sticking around there, is horrible this year. So your Cincinnati is now not a Group 5 team. Houston's now not a Group 5 team. So somebody is hanging around in that race, and this two-lane team is, is going to be right there, hanging around in that race again. And if you've seen the Pratt kid play, you know that the Pratt kid is an NFL prospect, is a kid who it would make a lot, a lot of these Power 5 teams better. Sure, you know, I'm yeah. not so sure that you don't pick up Michael Pratt and put him down on that Ohio State team and it doesn't make him better. You know, it, it, He's that kind of guy. Um, so this game, Friday night, 7 o'clock, that's kind of fun. Two four and 4-1 teams. It's a marquee matchup. It's a chance for the country to sit there and say, who is Michael Pratt, and what does this, this two-lane team look like? And, oh, by the way, Memphis is no slouch either. They're sitting at 4-1. and one. They look good as well. Like, let's see what this game has to offer. That's going to be a good one to look, watch too.
0: they have a Hennigan at quarterback. Yeah. So you can take Michael Pratt, but I've got Sethi Hennigan with the Tigers at
1: home. Be careful, Pratt. This oh, is okay. You got Hannigan at home. Yeah, I'll he's take going to the Pratt. Danger zone. I'll take my boy Pratt, yeah, who, I've, to, no. who I've who I've talked up since his freshman year when absolutely nobody knew who he was. Um,
0: but you're right; the kid is a very good quarterback. So that Friday night window, Friday night lights is that's awesome. You get those two, and then you've got Coach Prime and Stanford at ten. <laughs> then you got Coach Prime. Yeah, Dude, my sleep is gonna. Oh my! Do you know who's gosh. starting for Stanford? Who's starting for Stanford that Oh, quarterback? Oh, oh, okay, so it's gonna be Justin, Justin Lamson. Now this, yes. Syr- all right, Syr- I got it.
1: The Syracuse transfer starting for them. Justin Lamson's getting the start. I want to talk to Lamson. Yeah.
0: I... <laughs> <laughs> so it talking... to... Do you remember that from halfback? Oh yeah. I want to yeah, talk yeah. to Samson. I want to talk
1: to Samson. If you would have stayed here, we could have been playing. Oh, come on, Justin. All right. Last one. Oh. Last question cuz I know you want to ask it and I think you forgot that you wanted to ask it. Where's game day next week? Oh, we you know where game day. No, you next love week. that question. Where is game day there's next? There's only week?
0: one place for game day to be and that is Tell in us. Columbus.
1: In Columbus. It's
0: Penn State at Ohio State. So you and I we had talked a little bit about like trap games. This episode got away from, there's a lot of football to talk about but that the fact that Ohio State and Penn State are both Monster. I think Penn State's playing UMass in football. I think is who they're playing this week. That's not a trap. Not a trap <laughs> at all. But these two teams a week from now—that is the game. The game. Uh, it's you get one or two every single weekend. So yeah. it, without a doubt, they've already booked the hotels. Herbie and the crew—they're going to Columbus, and yeah. they should be there. Penn State at Ohio State. Going into the season, if you would have had me pick where game day would be to tell the story of the season, absolutely, I'm telling you that it's at nailed at these at Ohio State.
1: I would have nailed these last two weeks. Right. Being in Seattle and being at Columbus were basically the easiest picks. You could, the you
0: could USC find. Notre Dame gave it a little bit of a, okay, we know what Notre they love Notre Dame, but that these last two weeks, it makes complete sense. Going into the season, we thought we were going to get these matchups at maybe three weeks in a row. I like yep. it.
1: There you go. So we're at Columbus. I got no. I got. I got nothing to say. Against, None of those top five them.
0: teams. No one stumbles up top. They're all. I mean, they're all no traps. by
1: Huge. Yeah. No, it's no huge traps. spreads.
0: The top six, because one of them's off. Top six, they're going to be right there. There's Nobody no traps. I,
1: but it, it, it's it, what's exciting is that what we're starting to get is that separation with that you know five to twenty five where you go. You know, we—I feel another contenders and pretenders episode coming soon. Let's do contenders and pretenders right after CFP rankings come out, which is two weeks. Week eight-ish. Is it two weeks after next week? CFP I think next week we come, come
0: out? out with our rankings first. I think we jump them. I think we yes. come out with okay. our All right, Let's we come it. out with Let's our rankings it. next week. We'll do
1: CFP rankings next week. We'll
0: give you at least the top 8 to 12ish teams.
1: Yep. Because yep. you 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 do, you start to get some separation, you start to get some elimination games. This is what's so fun about college football. You know what I mean? Like it, it the the Bills are going to play the Giants on Sunday night or whatever. It, is that an elimination game? If either one of those teams lose are they, or maybe the Giants are kind of crappy right now. I know now, what you mean But, though, yeah. uh, you know, maybe that's a bad example. But uh, Miami just played Buffalo, you know. Was that an elimination game? You know, like that's it, it, not. It's just not the well, NFL. Fourteen of 14 the NFL teams make just the playoffs. Yeah, just it, it's half the league makes the playoffs. Right. There's there's not elimination games like there are. There's seventeen games, and it's just it's fun. Everybody's got their little fantasy teams and their fantasy names and stuff like that, and you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's not these elimination games in week six, week seven like you have in college football and that's what separates this sport from any other sport in America. There's no elimination games during the regular season until you start talking about people's magic numbers at the very very end of the season in college you know uh, in, in college basketball to make the tournament or MLB, this, that, the other thing. This sport, you have to pay attention to week five, week six, week seven. The The cream is coming to the top right now, and it's theater to watch. And we just saw it last weekend. It was so incredible. Good. So good. So good. Final thoughts, Henny?
0: I mean, this weekend, just like you talked about with last weekend, you're going to tune into these games. You're going to watch... You you start off with a game you think is going to be the one I'm going to spend the next three hours watching. You keep an eye on the others. It's unpredictable every single weekend. These are 19 to you know 22 or maybe 27 year olds these days. There's college kickers involved. There's coaches doing crazy things. It's the best regular season. Some of them not wearing undies. Mayor, I'm going to be looking real close this week for research purposes i'm just wondering you know i'm just looking over wondering what you're wearing under there i thought we were in the trust tree (laughs) whatever it is yeah so i thought we were in the nest or whatever it is so now i'll be (laughs) kind of eyeballing these coaches a little bit to see what's going on but we'll look forward to next week there are big games coming next week we'll be talking about what happened this week so Dan, it's college
1: football. It's college football. I love it. Uh, That is all for tonight. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our beers tonight. We had uh, the Equilibrium MC2 Double India IPA uh, out of New York. Love that place. Uh, The uh, Drowned Lands Spring Terra, also W uh, Double India IPA. Um, Two very good beers, two very local beers to New York. Thank you for those. Those were delicious. As always, you can check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go on, rate, and review us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, anywhere uh, where you find your podcasts. As always, I am Dan Patron. He is Kevin Hennigan. And this has been the two drink minimum. Cheers!